yours. And we honor you with all our life. There is nothing before you. There is nothing. There is no good thing before you. We purge it now. We set it aside. We realign. We re-index. We say yes to you. I say yes to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, I'll do it. I'll go there. I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll yield from it. I'll sanctify it. Lord, we say yes to you. Yes, Lord, yes. Hallelujah. Would you turn to somebody, walk across the room if you have to, and just say, and tell them, I just said yes to him. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. I'm ready, Elliot. I'm, I'm going to go a different way. Hallelujah. What do y'all got this tall pulpit thing in here for? I can barely see you, but I can. I'm on. Hallelujah. It's good to be on. I like that uh, TV station that says, always on, slightly off. <laughs> well, I'm Michael Billings, and I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad that River Church let me come today. I love River Church. I love y'all. And I'm so excited about River Church. But I'm excited about Grace Life Church. Because there's just a few great works in the earth right now. There's several that are, and everybody knows them. But Grace Life Church has been raised up from nowhere. And, and yet, and yet. So uh, thank you for letting me come this morning. I've been coming to Grace Life Church or Living Word or... Whatever we were away back, a long time. I am, I am a long timer here because I love your pastors and uh, they like me. They're highly tolerant people. They, they, they're so gracious. Hallelujah. So we've come to do business this morning. I, I hope you know that. We are not in the entertainment business. I'm certainly not able to do that. Tall, dark, and handsome left me years ago, so it's not like, like I wonder what someone like he has to say. But we're here to do business. We're here to transact. Amen. Say transact. transact. So just because you make a deal with something doesn't mean you did it until you transact. You didn't buy the house until you signed it. And yes. So we're here to transact. So the Lord has, a, he has an agenda today. Y'all think he's, did, he thinks it's Saturday or something? Like, is this Tuesday? Holy Ghost, is this Thursday? No, this is transaction day. Amen. And when we all come together, that makes it possible. Amen. So I had, I had two jokes, and boy, they were good ones. And I'm going to try to slip them in anyway. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm live, and I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tell jokes uh, on this or time. But I will say this. I want to get this out right away. Because uh, it, it's been in me all morning. I knew Nathan would come this morning. And the Lord told me this morning, brother, I am so, you, I think about you all the time. I'm telling you, you are, you are special on my heart and have been for a long time. Doesn't, doesn't mean anybody about anything, but this man, you know, do y'all ever know how the Lord can put someone in your heart and you, it's not really because they owe you money or because you, you know, or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> it's just an... So the Lord told me just a little bit ago that, uh, Nathan, you are stealth. Now, that's, that's an interesting word. Stealth means nobody knows you've, you're in the area. And you are, you are stealth. The devil knows you're stealth. He can't get a grip on you. But you are totally sold out to the Lord Jesus. And the Lord knows that. I certainly know that. Uh, others do. But it doesn't matter. It, none of it matters because you're going to do a work for the Lord that nobody saw coming. And I, I agree with heaven with you and for you. This is an amazing time for you. Amen? Amen. Are y'all happy today? Amen. Or is this your normal thinking it's Pastor West Day? Like, what's he going to do? Amen. Well, um, let's see what we can do here. I sure would like to tell a joke. I just, I ran out of jokes at home, and that's the reason they don't get one, but I'm going to put it right there. What happened to the flea? That's, I, that's the one I'm going to get to tell. Praise God. Well, I'm here on assignment. It, it's uh, not just because uh, uh, Pastor Wes asked, asked me to come over. I'm here on assignment. We're all on assignment. 
You go, well, what's my assignment? You know what your assignment is. It's in the word plus anything that he's told you. And you are responsible. I am responsible for me. Pastor West is not responsible for you. It doesn't make him irresponsible. It just means that you and River Church, we're responsible for our lives. We are, we are born again. We are spirit-filled. We are alive unto God. And he's talking to you and to me. And you can say, you can turn your head and say, I, I didn't hear that, but you heard it. And just because there's no smacking around and there's no hard times and there's no, no motion after you get a revelation of your assignment does not mean that we're not to grow. You and I are to grow. It's up to you how fast you grow. But we're supposed to grow. We, we would take a baby that didn't grow. We, we would get help. We'd say, there's something wrong here. This baby's not growing. And even if they, you know, all, you know medically what that would mean. We'd be concerned if something didn't grow. I hope the Lord's not concerned about you. Amen. Well, turn with, you, with me in your Bible to, let's go to somewhere that you hadn't been in a while. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. How about that? Now, uh, the word says in Hebrews 10, 1024, what we're supposed to do this morning is to exhort one another to love and good works. Exhort one another to love and good works. I don't think y'all are listening yet. Are you listening, Lexi? Okay, she is. Exhort one another to love and good works. So we're not, this is not a spectator thing this morning. Like, well, I come in to see what they got. I'll, I'll get what I can and I'll go out. That's not, that's not who we are. We are to exhort. You know, the word exhort means to be animated, to be activated, to be, to be proactive, to be aggressive, to be in somebody's face at some degree, to exhort. To, did you notice me? Did you see me? Did you know I'm, I'm here to, to change you to love and good works? I think the Lord thinks those two things are important. Amen. I mean, if he told us to stir one another up, we go, Lord, you stir us up. Well, he uses people. He uses you to exhort one another to love and good works. So I, I want to uh, look here in Jeremiah. Um, I have an exhortation for you this morning. Let's just start there. I'm on assignment, so, and, and, and you can't blame Pastor West because uh, he'll be back and you'll go out. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he did. I want to tell River Church how much I love y'all again. I'm just excited about you, and I'm so blessed. Uh, the Lord says, I wrote this down. I write stuff down. To quit paying for an imperfect life by tolerating slow answers. That's, that's what I got. Quit paying for an imperfect life. In other words, letting God off the hook, so to speak, because you're not an exuberant and an and a, uh, exciting testimony Christian in your own eyes. We, we give God a pass, which he does not need. I said he does not need. Amen. He knows who he is. Yeah. So he, uh, he wants us to get quick answers to our prayers. And sometimes when the devil interferes or the flesh gets in or whatever keeps us from getting, we, we say, well, I hadn't been perfect, therefore I don't deserve and, and this, that, and the other. You know, uh, uh, some people say grace or mercy is, is God giving you what you don't deserve. But that's just not true. I, I deserve it. I deserve everything heaven's got. It's not because I earned it. We, we could talk about the qualifier. It was Jesus. It was the blood. Amen. But it, it, there's, not, there's nothing that says, well, poor, poor Michael, poor thing. We're, we're going to bless him and give him what he doesn't deserve. What would that be? Well, I did bad things. And I could have done better good things. That, that's never been. You'll go to hell with that kind of thinking. Just do enough bad things or do one bad thing. You could go to hell for that kind of thinking. So it's all or none. 
I'm, I'm going to preach to you this morning. It's all or none. Either you do deserve it or you, you are a sorry little muff. And we're going to kick you to the curb and say no more for you. No more good for you because you, you, you just, you're not it. Oh, I deserve it. Everywhere those little sayings come up that says God, grace or mercy or goodness has given me what I don't deserve. I put this up. I say, not on me. I deserve it. Whether I was able to get it or not, whether I was able to stay in the fight, the faith fight for it is, is another thing. But it wasn't on heaven's side. He's all for you. So answered prayer. I'm, I'm here to talk about answered prayer this morning a little bit and tell you that God wants to be quick to answer you. We're going to just dob anything that's crept in. Just, you know, when you put jello in the refrigerator and it's all you could pour it into a cup, but but slowly it gels and gets hard. And you go, that was a process. Take it out too early. You're going to eat it with a spoon. So suddenly say suddenly. Let's say it better. Suddenly. That is the mode of the kingdom. You want to know what the kingdom's thinking? We need to know how he's thinking because that's the way it is. How he's thinking it's going to be is how it is, not how you think it ought to be. Well, I think the pre-rapture, the pre-trib and the mid-trib and the, I think it's this way or not. And I think if you do this, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it's what he's already thought. And he was good enough to write it down so we wouldn't be confused. So uh, suddenly these are the Christian norm. I said suddenlies. Heaven's, heaven's making the rules. So he's already wrote them down. Suddenlies are the Christian normal. It is the attitude of the kingdom. Why? God's not interested in having a bad reputation. If we'll cooperate, everybody will be what we want to be what we are because God answers our prayers. Right away. I pray. I pray knowing that what I'm praying is the will of God. I pray. You don't pray until you know what you're praying is the will of God. And then you loose that cannon and let her go knowing it's fixing to come back just like it should. Now, see, that's something that degrades or gets slow in us that we expect less over time. And we just assume, well, I hadn't been a good boy like I should. And I hadn't, I hadn't done everything I knew to do. So that's, that's why. And you'd be wrong like 100%. It's just not what heaven's thinking. But if you'll settle for it, you'll have what you settle for. Boy, this is good preaching. I'm going to get the tape. Hallelujah. So, uh, but, but Christians, now we're not putting this on anybody here in Tuscaloosa or anywhere else, but Christians generally have an attitude that God's uninterested and that he's slow. That he's got a thing like at, uh, at the at Five Guys or something, you know, number 17, and you come up and get your order. <laughs> and, you know, if they couldn't find the pickles, well, then you... So that's not the way heaven is. And so we need to cooperate with heaven. Point yourself and say, hey, you. Hey, you. Cooperate. Cooperate. And see, that's a good word to you. Jeremiah 1.12, you know the verse, but we'll read it anyway. Then the Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, let's read this together, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Amen. Okay, we can do better. For I will hasten my word to perform it. Three's good too. For I will hasten my word to perform it. Now this is a very interesting scripture because it's not like God says, I'm normally slow-mo. But in this particular case, Jeremiah, I'm going to ramp it up. I'm going to, I'm going to kick in. No, God's, God's on it. Whenever you pray, whenever you say, whenever you get in there and say, I believe I receive when I pray, God's on it. It's not like, uh, next. He's on it. But then when he says, I will hasten, I think I looked up that word. Uh, it means to be alert. Can you imagine God needing a giddy-up? Who's going to tell God giddy-up anyway? Uh, it means to be on the lookout. It means to be awake. It means to be attentive. It means to be on constant watch. He said, I will be on constant watch for my word to perform it. Now, do you all believe God? 
like Pastor West says all the time, what if this was true? What if this was true? What if what if God said, I, I'll stake my everything on that being true? I will. I'll put that in the B.I.B.L.E. And when you read that, faith will rise up that it's coming. Matter of fact, sometimes we look in Amos at a scripture that says sometimes he brings the answer before we even know the problem. That's that's a giddy up. That's a like hasten and that's a watch over it and, and, and get going there. So uh, I wrote this down. Maybe you thought he was slow to fix your situation. And that's why you think God's not fast. Maybe you thought he was slow to your fix your situation. Now, we're not going to raise our hands, but could we all say that we've been somewhere at a time in our life that we thought, Lord, you missed a good chance to be right there. But the Lord doesn't fix situations. He hastens over his word. Well, right there, we could go to the house. He doesn't fix situations. Well, Lord, I need a fix on my situation. He said, I, we're not in the fixed situation business. We're in the hasten over my word to perform it business. Oh, I was, I was asking for you to fix my situation. However you want to, Lord, whatever you think is best. I'm just, I'm not going to say a word. Just come on by and throw something at it and we'll be glad and it doesn't matter and we're happy and... No, he said, I'll hasten over my word. Oh, I need to start putting the word out that he can hasten, giddy up, go, go for it. Well, that'll change everything in the church because then you'll have expectancy. I just put his word out and the answer is on its way. Like, when did you put his word out? I just said, amen. And, and the answer has been sent and dispatched to my life. He's hastening over his word to perform it. Amen. Glory to God. That sounds like no religion. That sounds like, right. like the straight up stuff. So uh, turn with me to Acts if you were. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the Lord hastening over his word. And the way the New Testament says it is suddenly... He's got suddenly, chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read. Uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, I, I will note there that it seemed like it was a normal day. I mean, they didn't say somebody's hair's on fire. They didn't say the, the, the temple's burning down. They said, yeah, we were all seated, just like w this morning. We could say, we're all in one place at one accord. Would you all agree with that? Amen. And we're, 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 we're turned up. We're expectant, but really, we'd be surprised if $1,000 bills came out of the ceiling and landed all in our lap. So it was just a normal day. And then in verse, uh, uh, and suddenly, and suddenly on a calm, easy day when nothing unusual was going on, suddenly there came a sound from heaven, from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it appeared there unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But the point there is that suddenly God interrupted a normal, common, we know what's going to happen day. Yes. Well, that, you know, that passed away with the last deacon or something. Don't you all know that God don't do that anymore? Oh, my, he's still doing that. <laughs> suddenly. So what's going to get us suddenly going? It'd have to be a pull or a draw that... He's on his way. I, he's hastening over his word to perform it, and it'll come suddenly. If he's hastening, it'll be suddenly. If I just told him about my hard times, my mother-in-law's this, and my boss is that, and the money's this and everything, he, he, you had never tuned him in. But if you say, hey, my God supplies all of my need, Amen. according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I speak to this mountain. I tell this mountain of lack and need. I tell it to leave, to go, to dissipate. And I believe I receive when I pray. Well, right there, there's a word that he recognizes. Uh, they told me this morning uh, that uh, uh, Barry Paul told me this morning or last night, because we were just going to stream in with you at River Church. We were just going to catch the, so we could sync the services. We were just going to tune into y'all's music and just worship with you in Tuscaloosa, and then we just flow into this part. 
But Barry said, no, Google will knock, uh, Facebook will knock you off because we've got copyright issues and all that sort of stuff. They will, they will kick you off. Well, that's what they think God's doing is kicking them off. It's like, what, what'd I do? What'd I do? Well, I'm sure I'm not a perfect Christian. Therefore, I'll accept the consequences of a slow, uninterested, unsupernatural life. I'll just accept that. And you'd be wrong. How wrong? A hundred percent. Acts chapter 9. Since y'all are there, go east to chapter 9. Look in verse 3. Gosh, this is in the Bible. Who knew it was in the Bible? Verse 3 says, And as he journeyed, Paul, Saul, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, I mean, he's just riding his horse or his donkey or his mule or whatever people rode back then. And, uh, and suddenly there came, there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to earth. So what does that mean? He was riding and then suddenly he was on the earth. He was fell to the earth, fell to the earth. Isn't that funny how they word that fell to the earth, like 22 miles up in space and he fell to the earth or something. He fell from his horse or his donkey or whatever. So it was dramatic. It was a suddenly. How many of y'all be more interested in having suddenlies than long term care? <laughs> I am. I want, I want long-term care. Let's see here. Uh, in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to get y'all stirred up here in just a minute. I'm going to tell a joke in the middle of this thing, and we'll just let them. We'll, we'll hair-lip the governor. Praise God. Verse 16 says in chapter 16, It came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, the same followed Paul in us and cried, saying, These men, these are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of some salvation. And this she did many days. So it was normal. It was common. There was a pattern here. Every day they got up and, uh, and this girl would follow them and, and proclaim her deal. And so, uh, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said unto her, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she came out that same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceeding trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Sounds like the American, our American situation here, doesn't it? Hallelujah. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they'd laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, didn't want to take a chance, because the custom back then is if the jailer lost a prisoner, he had to take their place. So it says, uh, and at midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now, earthquake would be quite staggering, but it says a great earthquake. I looked up that word. I knew you'd want to know. It means exceeding large. What? A exceeding large earthquake in Jerusalem or wherever they were? It means mighty or it means strong. So there was an intervention that came Suddenly, see now we kind of are used to in our culture of a graduating, a gradient of some kind that it's it's hopeless. And then we get a little hope and we get a little encouragement and then we get a little this and that. And then we say, ah, if so and so would do that, well, then then I'd have this. And we're used to that. But that's not heaven's mode. That's man's mode. We got it from the world. Don't get your hopes up. Because this thing's. It's not worked out for a bunch of people, and it's likely not going to work out for you. And so because we have this unworthiness on us that says, well, I hadn't been perfect. And you haven't. I certainly haven't. But since God's not judging on how good we are, he's judging us based on how good the blood is, the blood of Jesus. We're good. We're, we're good. It's like you turned an F in on your extra credit in the sixth grade, and they just, they just, they just said... We're going to pass him with a hundred on his on his on his report card. And you go, that can't be right. Oh, yeah. God's judging it. 
God's grading it. We, we're not doing your paper. We're doing the blood of Jesus. So it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Well, I don't know what they were singing, but a lot of times back then they sang the Psalms. You can, you can put a tune to Psalms and, and it talks about the victory. So undoubtedly we would propose that the boys were cranking it up to heaven saying, you are great and greatly to be praised for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever and on and on and on. And suddenly, suddenly God hastily hastened over his word to perform it. Oh, there's a little correlation there between his word and suddenlies. I like this because it puts me in reach of what I can do. Have you said you got to walk across hot coals and you got to swim across the big sea and climb the highest mountain. This, this short little squatty body, I'm not qualified for any of that. But if he said, all you got to do is put my word out there and I'll, I'll giddy up on that word. Now see, I qualify for that. I can put his word out. Can you put his word out? Amen. Okay, so uh, uh, let's just take just a moment here. It's 11.15. We got lots of time. I, I don't know when pastor lets out, but I think I've got plenty of room here. <laughs> I, 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 now, River Church might not think so because we, we beat the Baptist every Sunday. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't beat them up. We just beat them to the restaurant. Hallelujah. So let's just stop for a moment and do something wild and untamed here in church. Let's prophesy. Do y'all believe that we can prophesy? The Bible says, says commands us, Prophesy. So we ought to prophesy our future right now. We ought to give God a word to hasten over. Like, that was fast. We ought to be impressed with God's quickness, his willingness to be involved. If you're a great king and you've got wealth stacked up around you and you've got power over people, if you'd say, I sure would like to have an ice cold lemonade about right now. You think everybody stands around and says, well, what are we supposed to do about that? No, everybody's on point, aren't they? We've got, we got a lemonade in the king's hands. Well, I think the Lord's like that too. Amen. I think he's, he's ready. I think he's way more ready than we've been thinking he was ready. Amen. So we've treated God like a man. And boy, that's a terrible thing. That's a low blow. That's, that's slapping him back, saying, you're, you're a man. You, you act like a man. Men are slow. Men are dishonest. Men aren't forthcoming. Men, men, you know, men. God, you're like a man. And he said, excuse me? Beg your pardon? That's not what I said. And that's not my history. So God is better than we thought. So uh, Mark eleven twenty four. you know what it says. What things, what things soever you desire, you desire... It's not talking about just groceries and, and gas for the car. Desire there means not just what you need. My God shall supply all my need. There's that. But the word need there, and certainly this word desire, means things that you want. Because the, the, the greater one in me and in you, we're wanting the same thing. We're on, him and I are on the same page. I'm not lusting after stuff. He wants me to have stuff. Because I've already told him, whatever you give me, I'm going to use it for the kingdom. Either directly or I'm just going to have a reputation where everybody says, there goes a Jesus boy. We, we Look at all the stuff he's got and look what he's able to do. That Jesus boy, we ought to figure out what his, what his MO is. I'll use it for that. You can misuse anything. You can, you can mess that up, but, but we're not. So let's prophesy. Not, not in the day of crisis. Now, see, we all prophesy when they're coming after our car or, or they're, you know, or we just had an accident. We're all prophesying. Oh, Lord, get me out of this. But what about a day of calm? What, what we looked in in Acts were just normal days, just normal days. And then Saul was riding along and one day he just fell off his horse because of a bright light. What could I do to prophesy to my future right now? Are y'all afraid to put the Lord to the test? Are you afraid to put the word to the test? Oh, no. You got desire stacked up. We call it deep and wide. 
And you would never admit to any of them, but I tell you, the Lord knows you're hiding out. We got stuff that we need and we want and we needed it yesterday, but we're just waiting on God. Waiting on God. Why are we waiting on God? Well, because that's what God wants us to do. That's not what he says. That's not what that's not how he. Do you all ever see in here where Paul prayed and six years later, the Lord brought it to pass? We don't have a pattern for that. We don't have a, we have suddenlies. We have hasten over. So I, I don't know how comfortable you are, River Church, but we're not going to, we're not telling anybody else that, but we're going to, we're going to speak words. Thinking does not count. Nothing moves from thinking. Words is what he hastens. So what's in you that needs to come out so it can come in? Let's just stop for a moment and be honest. I told you we're here to transact. Transacting's got to be honest. Don't sign the contract that you don't know what's in. So we just say, Lord, I'm going to prophesy to my future that that bill is paid off. I prophesy to you, Bill, and then you name it whatever it is. God wants you to have a paid for car. Let me tell you again, God wants you to have a paid for car. And if you don't believe that, you'd be wrong. How wrong? A hundred percent. You hadn't tapped into heaven. You don't know God. If you think God does not want you to have a paid for car and a paid for house. Now, let me just tell you, we we're the people with the stuff. What makes us unique is we got stuff and we don't think we got the stuff on our own. We don't think that we're better than anybody. We just have the stuff to do what we do, which is to be kingdom actuators. I'm a kingdom actuator. Wherever I go, things happen. I interrupt the normal, the common. I intervene in things that are not right. Don't you? Don't you? Aren't you? Aren't you good? In the Lord, don't you have a heart after him? Aren't you alive into God? Of course we are. So right now, just we'll just practice on one thing. Certainly we're not going to talk about it here, but just meditate. What is it that you that you know God could, because he can do anything, that we give him permission to? So let's just let's just talk about a, a bill or a car payment or a paid off car. What, what can you get your faith around? What can, you, what can you encompass this morning? It's just a common day. You're just riding into Damascus on your horse. <laughs> Nothing's going on. It's just like, well, we're sitting in jail and we're in the deep part of the jail because, and nothing's happening. So we're just going to lift our voices. That's what they did. And just lift their voices and said, God is good. Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hi. That's his word. Okay. I, don't make me put everybody in a line and run around the room. <laughs> Y'all participate at this level and we won't have to go to another one. So what is it right now that you want? What is it that you want? I threatened them, didn't I, Elliot? <laughs> so what is it that you want? Can you be transparent? Can you be honest? Can you say... Well, I'd ask for that, but I hadn't been that good. You'd be wrong. How wrong? A hundred percent. Because you have been that good. You got born again. That's all the good that's required. And after that, it's just what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them and ye shall have them. Well, is it true or is it not? So let's just... Um, just under your breath, don't, nobody else has to hear, but just say, I believe I receive a paid for, my car paid for. I believe I receive a, new, a newer car. Don't, don't get crazy. Don't get out of your faith and say, I want five Mercedes or something. <laughs> you know, you're not playing right. You're not, but just say, I believe I receive my house paid off. Now, how could that happen? I have no idea. That would not be my job, though. He hastens over his word. So in Deuteronomy, it says he gives us goodly houses. He gives us goodly houses. And then in another place, it says he fills them with all goodly things. So right now, Lord, under my breath, everybody in the house. Participating, activating, 
transacting. I'm transacting my faith right now. I believe I receive in Jesus' name. And then just put it in there. And nobody else has to know about it, but you've got to be in faith about it. But that's not hard because you're full of God. You're full of God. You're just so full of God. You're just busting out. I heard you lift up your hands and your voices to God just a few minutes ago. Was that fake or was that real? Were, were you worshiping the king of kings, the, the God of everything, the God of the impossible? Or were you just in here? Hey, diddle diddle. So, Lord, we believe we receive right now this Sunday morning. It is August 28th, 2022. And I change my future right now with my words. I prophesy to my future. I am driving a, a paid for car. I am living in a paid for house. I have a job that pleases me, lets me off uh, for the Lord and blesses my family. Whatever, whatever. I prophesy to that right now. So prophesy just under your breath. It doesn't have to be noisy. Just say, I, that's me. That's me. I see that. And he'll it'll be hastily. He hastens over this word to perform it. And my life has changed. And the testimony of this will change it again. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Doesn't take us all day. Everybody in here knew what we were going to do business with. It wasn't like, I don't have anything I've ever thought about needing or wanting. Pants on fire. <laughs> we are there. And it keeps us from being bold because we've let unanswered prayer interrupt our life. So what about power? Do you think you have enough power? Did you have enough power to pray a while ago? Did you have enough power to believe you received? What about power? I looked in Genesis chapter one and the Bible says that God said, subdue the earth and have dominion over every living thing. Amen. Sounds like power. Y'all got that kind of power? He said you did. I don't feel it. Well, you know, we say this when you sit on the bathroom, when you stand on the bathroom scales, you cannot say it's 98.6, just like I thought it was. We never go there. We don't put a thermometer in and say, whew, I got to lose a pound or two. Do we? And so feelings are not an uh, indicator of our faith. That was real good. I'd say it again if I had more time. Hallelujah. And 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, say it with me, so are we in this world. Oh, y'all don't know that verse. Sure you do. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, who he is he? Jesus. As Jesus is, so am I. Do you think the Lord ever prayed in, uh, off the wall? Lord, I'd like, a, I'd like some Arabian horses to race around the country, the Lord would say. No, he never prayed that way. He prayed in faith. I pray in faith, and I get my prayers answered. I transact with heaven. I'm honest. I'm not telling the Lord, oh, I'm just a worm, Lord. I'm just no good, and I want you to have mercy on me. He did have mercy on you. He sent Jesus. He did have mercy on you. He opened the word. He did have mercy. He said, I'll supply it all. I'll take care of it. I'll do everything. He made bold and bodacious promises. So uh, Ephesians 3.20, exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that worketh in me. So you need more power. I need more power. Lord, send the power. He said, I sent the power. <laughs> Exceeding abundantly above what you can ask, think or imagine, meditate and hope for according to the power that's already resident inside of me. Who I am charged and overcharged. Amen. And I didn't even know it because I didn't go by. I went by feelings. I didn't feel powerful. And I had a bad experience or seven. And it didn't work out. Well, I didn't pray in faith or whatever, whatever. Uh, Matthew 16, 19 says, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. I'm a, I'm a binder. Shall be bound in heaven. That's what the B-I-B-L-E says. It says, whatever you loose on earth. Who? Me. You. Whatever I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, heaven will agree with you. That's where the power is. I mean, the, the activator. So I just, I just turn him loose. No gun has ever gone off. Don't contend with me on this. Somebody had to pull the trigger. That's the point. So God's got the gun in your hand. The, the gun is in your mouth. The, 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 the thing you need to go to the other side is already in you. But somebody's got to pull the trigger. 
You could have 20 guns in your gun safe, but your safe is a mother's love until you take one out and pull the trigger. Boy, this is good. I like this. James 4, 7 says, submit, ye, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll hang around for six weeks or so and he'll, he'll bother you, but eventually he'll get, he'll get bored with your boring life and move on. No, it says he'll flee from you. Run away and start terror is what the word says. Mark eleven twenty three. you say to the mountain, speak to the mountain, speak to the mountain. What's the mountain? Anything that's obstructing your view of the promises of who you are, what you have and what you can do in the Lord Jesus. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 says, what, this is so powerful. Remember this, whatsoever man soweth, that, that, whatever he soweth, that shall he also reap. And I'll tell you, your seed is powerful. Then it's your seed is powerful. I'm going to do this right now, right here in the big middle of everything. The Lord gave me a word for you, Matt. And it's in, uh, let's see, where did I, First Chronicles 4, 10. He said, uh, and Jabez, I had thought about Jabez in 40 days and 40 nights. How about you? And Jabez called on the Lord God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge mine coast and might, that mine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil and it may not grieve me. The Lord says that you, he's going to enlarge your coast. I heard it. I heard it on the way over. I came over in my super duper SSR and I, when you're in there, you can hear anything from heaven. I mean, the stuff comes when you're, you ought to get one. Hallelujah. Or ride with me. You'll get stuff you never had. He said, I'm going to enlarge his coast. I'm going to enlarge them. I'm going to enlarge them. I, I don't know what that means exactly, but hallelujah. Okay, we've got to move on. Uh, I've got to tell you a joke. It's, but this one, this one works with the message. I'm going to talk about the ugly man. John was shopping at Walmart, checking out with six items. And River Church has heard this several times. Half gallon of 2% milk, a carton of eggs, a quart of orange juice, a head of romaine lettuce, a two-pound can of coffee, and a one-pound package of base bacon. As he was unloading items onto the store conveyor belt, a drunk watched him from behind. And while the cashier was ringing up the items, the drunk said, you must be single. Startled but intrigued, John admitted that he was indeed single. He stared at the six items to figure out how the disheveled man knew that he was, that he was, uh, knew that. Finally, John turned to this character and he swallowed his pride and he said, Mister, you are right. I am single, but I'm amazed that you knew that by just watching me check out groceries. How did you figure it out? The drunk replied, because you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So have you, ever, have you ever missed it by assuming something instead of waiting to know the truth? Assumption is the lowest form of knowledge. And when we assume, we are almost always wrong. So you assume that God's not blessing you and blessing you fast because of whatever your secret sin or what something you can't get over or things you've done in the past that you think God can't forget or whatever, whatever, whatever. We all have that thing inside of us that deals with the past. And to the level you're able to deal with the past is the level that you're able to deal with the future. If you can't get past your past, then you can't have a future because you're condemned already. So we, we just have to get past it. We have to just, like the accountant, draw two lines and say, that's, that's all that's going to be. And you just go forward. If, if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. I wonder if that's true. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. So we get up saying, I am brand spanking new. I'm as good as God's God anywhere. I am his power in the earth. I am, uh, I am sent. I'm assigned. I'm an ambassador. And things are happening today. Amen. That's how we get up. We don't mention that this, that, and the other yesterday. We don't mention it because he's not mentioning it. And you know, this is true. If you ever say to God, I know I come to you now like I did yesterday. 
And I, I said I wouldn't do it again, but I did it again. The Lord doesn't know what you're talking about. Y'all ever heard of the sea of his forgetfulness? It's one of the few things that he can't do. He cannot lie and he cannot remember anything under the blood. I'd say that's when you would shout and holler and amen and say, yeah, you, it's all over you, brother. Just keep on going. That's what I'd say you'd say. Amen. Whatever. Well, enough of that joke. Uh, I've got another one, though, if you mess with me. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, so why are we waiting on God? Well, we're, we're not waiting on God because that the Lord said, wait on me. That would be assumption. The truth is he's waiting on us. The truth is our fingers on the trigger. The thing is loaded. The clip is full. Just bust the devil, bust your past, bust everything and just pull the trigger. But you got to pull the trigger. Oh, I'm waiting on God to pull the trigger. You know, that's just not how it works. So why are we waiting on God? Because we're stuck doing what we've always done. And we, we're in a rut. Say rut. I'll say it better. A rut. That's what it is. It's a rut. You know, a rut is a grave with both ends opened. It's, it's, it's not where you want to be. But we can get out of the rut. We can renew our minds. We can change our attitude. We can put off the old man. We can put on the Lord Jesus. It's called revival in your life. It's like revival is only there because something wasn't there. And suddenly you got it there. And now you're in revival, which means where you should have been the whole time. But until you get there, you're not. So suddenly we're in revival. Uh, the reason we don't like to be in that mode is obvious. We want to be safe. We want to be in the middle of the road. We want to be normal. And we don't want to attract the devil's attention. And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. What if we make a mistake? Well, it'd be just like yesterday then. If you are afraid of making a mistake today, then you would live yesterday. Because we made a few yesterday. Y'all say amen when you catch it. Amen. Pastor, if you're watching, I need, I need you to turn on the electric seats right now. I need, I, need a little, I need a little vibration going on out there. Hallelujah. So we don't want to be extreme. We don't want to attract trouble. We don't want to be extreme. Because it might mess up our, oh, it wasn't that good of a life anyway. It was normal. It was just like the world had. It's just like everybody's. Afraid and everybody's uh, muted expectations. It's just like what I've always had. I sure wouldn't want to break that mold. I sure wouldn't want to be like I've always been. Or would we? A suddenly comes from you and I adjusting our expectation. I tell you, the Lord's coming back soon. Amen. And it's like when someone passes away. They didn't expect to or they didn't know when they were, but when they're gone... It just doesn't matter that you didn't open all the mail on your desk. It just didn't matter if the grass was needing mowing really bad and you hadn't got to it. It's over. It's done. And when the Lord comes back, and he is coming back, and I think he's coming back sooner than we think, but whatever. So we better giddy up. Matthew chapter 14. This is one of my favorite verses. River Church gets this crammed all the time. Bless their darling hearts. But they keep letting me back in the pulpit, so I just keep on bringing it. Hallelujah. Chapter 14. I love Peter. Now, you may think Peter is man's, uh, God's man of faith and power, but he was the guy that you couldn't trust with anything. He was a wild, he was a cannon, and yet we esteem him. Why do we esteem Peter? Because he was out of the box. We like to watch people that aren't normal. And we wish we could be like them. So we're waiting for good to happen without being abnormal. We're waiting. I think the system work. I'll just be good and all of that will come. When in fact, it never has. And you don't know anybody that it ever has. That's just normal, passive, reticent. Hesitant, always playing it safe, always in the middle of the road, never engaging it, never going out on a limb, never, never busting it for God. And you, you look at them and go, their life is just like my life. Let's get out of here. 
This is my favorite scripture, uh, 14, chapter, chapter 14, verse 28. It said, you know the story. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come a, a, unto thee on the water. And, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked, I always thought it was a boat, but it's a ship. And he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, why? Let me just ask you. I got this this morning or last night. Why did Jesus walk on the water next to them? You ever thought about that? There, there, it's a lake. There's lots of ways to get to the other side. Why did he go by these boys that were in the boat, the ship? Why, why was that? It's the same reason he comes by you and me all the time. He wants to give you an opportunity. He wanted all 11 men to walk on the water. Say all of them. Yeah. That's how good the Lord is. He wanted everybody in the, in the house to have a testimony, to go back screaming wild like, ah, you'll never believe what Matthew did and what Barnabas did or whatever. They, we all walked on the water. We were, we were like them football boys that walk out to the middle field like, you know, hooked up together. We were one and, and just like we were one in the, in, the, in the upper room, we were one. Oh, that may have been later. But uh, we walked on the water, all of us. But it didn't turn out that way. It turned out just like it's turning out right now. One walks on the water and the other ten are looking over the edge. Golly! <laughs> <laughs> It's not what we expected. So what's amazing is that saw him walking on the water. They didn't jump out of the boat then and say, give me a double dab of that. They just sat there. And it's a perfect picture of what's going on right now. We all admire the guy that does that, the woman that gets out of the boat. But we usually attribute it to something in their life that's peculiar or different than us, thereby excusing us from doing that. And we'd be wrong. How wrong? A hundred percent. It's all of us. It's all of us. He came by the boat walking on the water so he could get that thing into all of them. How powerful would you be when you got back to town if you'd walked on the water with Peter? Yeah, buddy, there wouldn't be any devil that would dare approach you. There wouldn't be any place you wouldn't go. You'd be casting out this and throwing out that. And you go, well, that's then and this is now. It's exactly the same. The Lord's been putting opportunities in front of you and me for years. And we thought they were just somebody made up something and said, well, they... They said, show your hands if you want to go on this mission trip or if you want to give to this offering or if you want to whatever. We thought they was just raising an offering and, and getting a crew up instead of walking on the water. Boy, that's good. Ah, oh, that'll change my life. And then I'll come visit you and we'll change yours. I have a scripture. It's in 1 Samuel 17. Don't go there. I'm just going to read it, but you know the story well. It's David and Goliath. It says, thy servant. He's, David is talking to King Saul. King's in the tent. Goliath's out there in the front, bellering. And all the Philistines are behind him. He's out there bellering, saying, send me a man. And David tells Saul, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the, this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Now, here's the question we've always missed or I, I've always missed is the fact. The truth is that David argued for the opportunity to go kill the giant. They didn't just look out there and say, okay, which one of y'all ate Wheaties yesterday and this morning? They, 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 everybody was like, whoa, it's out of my pay grade. But David went to the head, went to the king and said, I want to make an argument for me going. Now that's getting out of the boat. Did you notice there was 
10 gazillion other guys that says, boat's just fine. We, we like this color. This is fine. David argued. If the, the, was, it, was he offensive? Were the men offensive or defensive? David got on the offense. That's me. Were they aggressive or passive? They were, he was aggressive. That's me. Are y'all identifying yourself right now? What, was he, a, was he, a, was he a, a, a faith man or was he a passive man or a mere man? Mere man is in 1 Corinthians. Says, Paul says, y'all are, y'all are weenies. Y'all are as mere men. David wasn't a mere man. He said, I'm making my case to let me go out there and face the giant alone. And he became king. What's the payoff? What has the Lord got for you and me? Well, I'm just waiting for him to bring it by. He already did. We are going to have to ask him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. About out of time. It's almost two o'clock. So, uh, what do we do? Well, first thing we do is we quit being dependent on the world for our money, for our future, for our happiness. It may come through them, but that's not where we sourced it. The Lord just outsourced it to somebody to come by and send me a blessing. You, you go to the Lord for your finances and then he he raises up somebody that says, here, go give Digger Dog a hundred dollars. And, and here I am, Digger Dog. And. And I think, well, look what Johnny did. No, Johnny didn't do that. I mean, he did it. God bless him, help him. But it was the Lord. I never mentioned it. I never said to anybody, I sure could use $100, and I see you've got two of them. <laughs> so we get that out of our thinking. We get that. And, um, and, so we, and then we realize there's a cost up front to being radical, being out of the box of walking on the water of going to the king and saying, I can take him. Isn't that radical? I can take him. I want to. The God that was in me then and over there, he's never left. I can do this. So he's, you go, well, when he does that to me, I'll, I'll know. He's already done it. Hundreds of times. The man and his wife that started this church they were on the water when it started. You think everybody was saying, yes, yes, I'll give, I'll serve, I'll do. Just go start it. We'll be there. <laughs> yeah, on your birthday. <laughs> but here it is. We're going to build on that. We're going to take courage from that. Did you know the word faith is only in the Bible, the Old Testament, one time? Only one time. The word faith is only used one time in the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? Uh, the word for faith in the Old Testament is courage. Only be thou strong and of good courage. It takes courage to get in faith. So we can watch everybody else do it. We can watch Pastor do it. We can, we can watch uh, uh, Reinhard Bonnke when he was here do it. We can watch. We can watch. We can say, yay. From my seat in the back of the boat and up in the balcony of the boat, that was a good walk, Peter. We, are, we enjoyed that. Could we have an encore? Could you make a little lap? He said, no, I already fell under the waves. Oh, well, we'll go to the house then. I got one more scripture. I want you to turn here. This is 2 Kings chapter 19. I don't usually use Old Testament, but here we are this morning in 2 Kings. That would be way back there on the west side. And it says in verse 19, 2 Kings chapter 19, said that wrong. Verse 19. Hang on, River Church, I'm coming. I'll get you out. Let's see if I got that right. 2 Kings 19, 19. Uh, that's not it. Well, let me just read it to you then. I did write it down. Second Kings 19. 
verse 19. Oh, well, uh, this is about Elisha and Elijah. Elijah was the prophet in the land. Elisha was nobody from nowhere. Did, did y'all know that? Until he was somebody from somewhere, he was nobody from nowhere. <laughs> Could you relate to that? That you and I, sometimes we feel like, the word says I'm somebody from somewhere, but I feel like nobody from nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you, that feeling is in spades. So here's the, here's the verse. So he departed thence and found Elisha. Elijah departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. How would you like to fill out your application for things? This is your father's name, Shaphath. <laughs> and so he who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. That would be a garment, his mantle. And, uh, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said to Elijah, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. Now that didn't mean he was just gonna go in the house and smack on them and take off. What that means is, is let me live with my folks until they die and then I will come. Let me, I'm gonna kiss my father and mother meant I'll be kissing them goodbye forever. And he returned back from him. Uh, excuse me, wrong verse. And I will follow thee. And he, Elijah, said unto him, go back again, for what have I done to thee? You ever seen somebody tell a dog, bad dog, bad dog, you did bad. Get away from me, bad dog. If you've had a dog, you've said that. Well, that's what Elijah said to Elisha. He said, hey, let me go with the folks and they're not doing good. So in a couple of years, I'll be up with you. And Elijah said, bad dog. Don't need you for nothing. Just head on down the road. And, uh, and, I, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen. So here's transaction time. And slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave them unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now, here's, here's the bottom line of this. He said, plow or go with me. That's what the Lord's saying to you and me. Sure, plowing's a good thing. And you, you can feed people and you can do this and you can make, and your parents, will, you'll take care of that. It's good. It's all good. What you're saying to me is good. But you can't plow and go with me. What's plow mean? It's just the common life that's demanding a suddenly. And he got the suddenly when he said, be right back. He went back and burned the plow and slew the oxen and fed all the folks and took out after Elijah. Well, there's no Elijah here. His name is Jesus. But he's saying you can't plow and go with me. He said plow or go with me. So we got a question to ask ourselves this morning. The Lord's asking it all the time. But we're bringing it to a head this morning because he says he hastens over his word to perform it. He wants you to go with him. Doesn't mean you quit your job. Doesn't mean that you'll forsake all and go to a far country. It just means we put on an attitude I'm bought with a price and not my own. I'm bought with a price and not my own. Say it with me. I'm bought with a price and not my own. We can do better. I'm bought with a price and not my own. Now that's the truth. That's what Corinthians says. You are bought with a price. You have no, you have no ownership of your own life. You have no title deed that says you're not my boss. I'll do whatever I want to. You have none. You might prance around and say that you're that man, but the world will say, well, he's one of us. Amen. Boy, that was good. I, I don't mind saying. The Lord wants you and I to be passionate, to get out of the middle of the road. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we put you on. Lord Jesus, we put you on. So today we transact. Now, this is serious. This is, this is meaningful. And if you, if, you, if you transact it with me this morning, you will say things out of your mouth. You just won't 
think it and just say, okay, I'm in, I'll do whatever. It means nothing. It's like getting married with no vows. It's, it, you're, you, no. So, Lord, we transact this morning at the level that we have faith for right now. We, we go and tell our life, I was glad you, I had you when I had you, but now I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm getting out of the boat because you've asked me to. You've, you've drawn me to. You said come. And I, Lord, there's people in the sound of my voice that you've spoken to indelibly and over and over and said, I want you. I want you for my own. And we've just said, but Lord, I've got to go kiss my mother and father. I've I, I got a job. Lord, we just put those things aside. We don't know how that would work, but we give up today. I give up today. I give up today. I give up today. In the name of Jesus, all over this house, we give it up. We give it up in Jesus' name. We, we don't know where or how that'll take us, but we want to be more than common and certainly more than normal. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. So anybody, everybody that opened their mouth in this, this moment and said, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll do it. The Lord's fixing to open up doors for you. He's fixing to walk by your boat and say, come, and you'll do it, and it'll change everything. You will not have a normal life ever again, and you'll be so glad. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.